Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Elder Brain's Crown of the Oathbreaker is a 500-page D&D 5e adventure module and campaign setting with player options. The Dark Fantasy Sandbox adventure incorporates over 30 dungeon maps and three regional maps with over 100 locations on each, taking characters from 5th to 12th level through a cursed kingdom to the Feyrel. 2,000 plus community votes continuously influence story details through the Elderbrain Discord. There's even an Elderbrain Soundscapes app for non-repetitive background ambience specific to certain locations in the adventure. Find all this at elderbrain.com. Join the hive mind and become part of the adventure. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, and today we're talking about Hexbloods and Dampiers. finally here indeed spooky times it's like the best time of year because <laughs> spooky indeed that's <laughs> need i say anything else so uh there's a contest on discord oh yeah contest. to get spooky with it in the art section the art of palooza do a spooky drawing enter the contest somebody's gonna pick a winner Indeed. Uh, Vlog City's taking care of that. Are we also announcing our coffee contest? We're having a coffee contest. Indeed. Adventures Coffee Company. Has reached uh, out to us. They want to give us some free coffee to give to you guys. And so every week during October, we're giving away a uh, a bag of coffee. It, are, is it actually like spooky themed? I know it's adventure themed. It's D&D themed. I, uh, at this time, I'm assuming that this is all happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't know any details quite yet. Well, we're Other get- than I know how much coffee we're getting. And that we are giving it away. And they're they're also going to run some type of promotion with us as a sponsor. So you will probably hear an ad for them <laughs> in some, some episode that I don't know about yet. But that's not related to this. This, we're giving away free Adventurers Company coffee. It's a D&D themed coffee, possibly Halloween themed coffee. And all you got to do to enter this week is share uh, your favorite episode of the show with the hashtag DungeonCast on Twitter. That'll enter you. And uh, you can also enter on Instagram by, uh, I believe, liking and tagging two people on the post related to this coffee giveaway contest. That being said, let's get into today's episode. 
Hexbloods and Dampiers. Indeed. So today we are covering two spooky player options, which is new for our Spooktober Spookfest line of episodes. We are almost always exclusively covering monsters this time of year. Yeah, because um, those are the scary parts of D&D. Usually so. Um, these two came out of the still pretty fresh Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, which is a source book I have very much enjoyed as it is full of many new spooky monsters and player options. I'm a big fan of classic horror and horror in general, so I love this time of year. In fact, I have plans uh, after Super Quest Saga is over to start a gothic horror campaign for our patrons over on Patreon. That's great. That but sounds really cool. It's going to be fun. Uh, check out Super Quest Saga, a podcast we do with our friends Jake and Josh that we are in space. Indeed. And, and, it's really and good. also, speaking of spooky horror campaigns and Patreon, I believe we're releasing... We're re-re-releasing the Halloween special we're to, making it, to the public. We're making it public once again. I believe last year we made it public on Patreon. We're going to drop episode one into the feed and make the rest of the episodes available for free on patreon.com slash the dungeon cast. So scope the first one. Uh, shout out to Nox Arcana who gave us permission to use their music to Indeed. make it extra extra spooky. I highly suggest you go watch it because it's fucking hilarious. It's so <laughs> That's good. All it is. It's really goddamn it's so funny. so good. But, okay, back to it. So, uh, we are covering the race options, the Hexblood and the Dempeter. Uh, One's half vampire, the other is half hag, sort of. Uh, But let's get into it, starting with the Dempeter. Okay. I like Dampier. Yeah. I remember. Back back in our vampires. Back in our vampires episode, I called them dampires. (laughs) It's because of the way. I love it so much more. (laughs) It's because of the way Forgotten Realms Wiki spells it with a Y. I'm like, that can't be anything but the I sound. You think um, it would be like double or triple? It e looks or like whatever. the word pyre, like pyre, like P Y R E, right? So it damn pyre. But anyways, it's dampier, and I was wrong. So dampiers are humanoid beings with vampiric blood in their genealogy. Some are the descendants of male vampires and mortal females. Alucard from Castlevania, for anyone who's a Castlevania fan. Uh, but many others have one or more dampier for parents, and sometimes result. I'm, I'm going to struggle with this Dampier or Dampire thing. I'll just let you know it right Oh, just now. go for it at yeah. this point. You said it the right way, and that's more, all that matters. More Dampier, uh, one or more Dampiers for parents, and some result from a vampire of either sex biting a pregnant female. The pregnant woman likely dies in the process, but the child is born a Dampier. That's like horrifying. Like Blade from Marvel. Comics. Yes. He's definitely a Dampier. Did Blade um, start the Marvel verse? What? Did the Blade start the MCU? No. Oh, no. Definitely not. Great movie, though. <laughs> Go watch Blade. It's a, it's a fun movie. I love it. Um, God, now I've lost my place, Brian. Sorry, man. It's just that people keep arguing on Instagram who started the MCU. Iron Man literally started the MCU in 2008. Like, that's the beginning of the MCU. Everything else is Marvel, but not part of the MCU. There it's not it hard. It's not hard, people. Here's Will. He's closing it out. God. Anyways. Dunk, Will. It can be difficult to tell if one is a Dampier at birth, as a Dampier's powers might lie dormant for years before being quickened, usually upon puberty. And just because one is a child of a Dampier does not guarantee that you will be a Dampier. Dampiers can also have children who are mortal living specimens of their reflective species. So basically, if you're if like a woman, a pregnant woman dies in the streets or something like that, and they've got the vampire holes in their neck, like a supernatural investigator is going to come check things out. Mm-hmm. Perhaps a paladin, perhaps a cleric. Sure. Right in this in this world. Yeah. Or even who else could like a bard or a ranger? Anybody like really? A, like yeah, anybody. But they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna know, right? Or they might not know. Does the um, town have those resources? If they're like, we got to save the baby. We got to save the baby. Get the baby out, right? right? So they go for it, and the baby comes out, and it lives. They won't know right away that it's a dampier. Right, okay. 
but they know that there's a possibility is what I'm saying, or they don't. If if they are educated in the ways of vampires, vampire lore, yeah, they'll be like, shit, okay. this kid might be a dampier. I'm Which thinking, isn't a bad thing necessarily. Well, I'm thinking kinda. if you're running it in your game, you probably have like a hook like that to like tell your players that that's what's going on. Sure, yeah, level. I'm sure that you, you figure out a way. Or like maybe they your players save this baby or whatever, and you don't tell them. And then later on, we fast forward like five years and like animals start going missing. Shit. Anyways, typically speaking, dampiers tend to be thin and willowy in stature with pale skin and slightly pointed ears. They have slightly pronounced canines and blood red eyes. Um, now, this these features don't really start showing up until they quote unquote quicken. Right. So like, like they'll look normal, right. but once they quicken, like this will all kind of be more apparent. Unlike their full blooded vampire kin, dampiers are typically unharmed by sunlight or positive energy. They're day walkers, poised between the worlds of the living and the dead. Dampiers retain their grip on life yet are endlessly tested by vicious hungers. Their ties to the undead grant dampiers a taste of a vampire's deathless prowess in the form of increased speed, dark vision, and a life draining bite. So they're just like they're not even. They're just. They're just suffering like from symptoms of vampirism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not. They're not actual. Well, I guess you are a vampire. They're like half like, vampires. Yeah, they're they're you they're know diet vampires. They get increased. They're diet vampires. They're yeah, G they get the, the increased speed and the, the strength and the excuse me, life draining bite. But it's not as potent as a real vampire. Okay, cool. Superhumans that need to train <clears> the blood yeah. of living creatures. They're like blade. They're blade. They're blade. Due to their vampiric origins, every dampier. Um, knows a deep-seated thirst slaked only by the living. Those who overindulge their thirst risk losing control and forever viewing others as prey. Those who resist might find exceptional ways of controlling their urges or suppress them through constant molar-grinding restraint. In any case, temptation haunts dampiers and con circumstances conspire to give them endless reasons to indulge. Uh, while many dampiers thirst for blood, Van Richten's guide gives a chart with few other options. I'll read the chart. Go ahead. One is blood. You're going to roll a d6. Yeah, you're going to roll a d6. Kind of or just pick one. Yeah. Uh, if you roll a one, if you're doing it like that, you, you, that's blood. Mm -hmm. Two is flesh or raw meat. Mm -hmm. Just let me get... If somebody's peeling, like, from summertime, you just kill up and, like, be creepy about it. <laughs> the, like, they're a gold member. They're yeah. gold member. <laughs> the gold member. Yeah, they, they want some of that the skin flakes. Yeah. For the collection. So but they me, also eat one. Save me from myself. Oh, my God. That's uh, disgusting. Number three is a cerebral or spinal fluid. That's so specific. Like in Attack on Titan. Yeah. Is that a thing? Spoilers for Attack on Titan. <laughs> uh, is that what the Titans want? They want the spinal fluid? No, no, oh, no. Okay. That's not what the Titans want. Okay. Um, then how is it related? <laughs> spoiler. It's it's major spoilers. I'm not going to say Okay. It. I'll tell you later. Sure. Bring up spinal fluid later. I'll be like, like to Attack on Titan? And then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, spinal fluid exists. We all have it. Yep, we sure do. Okay. And you won't believe what happens in Attack on Titan with spinal fluid. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay, so uh, number four is psychic energy. Uh, number five is dreams. And wh what? <laughs> like Haunter? <laughs> uh, okay, and then six is life energy. <laughs> like Haunter. I gotta go dark cry someone's fucking life. So I, I really like this feature, uh, especially when we get through to four, five, and six, because it is more like other types of creatures. So uh, number one, like, Psychic vampires is like a thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they basically feed off like emotions and or just like uh, like energy in general. Have, have you ever seen the show What We Do in the Shadows? No. Have you ever seen the movie What We Do in the Shadows? No. Fuck, that's a good movie. It's really funny. It's basically like a mockumentary with three vampires living in the modern world. Well, there was a spinoff show with the same name, and it's a similar premise. Three vampires living in the modern world, but... There's a fourth one who lives in their their duplex uh, who's a psychic vampire. And he's like a character out of like The Office. 
Okay. And he, he works in like an office setting and he is constantly draining his coworkers by being really fucking annoying. <laughs> and it's just really funny. And you should definitely That's check good. out that show because it's That's so good. That's pretty good. Okay. Um, the Dreams reminds me of like the mythological creature, the nightmare, which sits on your chest and like drains your energy as you have nightmares. Yikes. And then um, life energy is like, what? what's the, uh, is it M- Mobius, the, uh, the energy vampire from Spider-Man? Oh shit! Yeah. That's right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah it so is Mobius. Yeah, uh, there it's, we go. it's not even. I think Mobius its own whole thing. It's not even like from. It is from Spider-Man, right? Well, yeah, but like, that's the thing that most people will remember him from is Spider-Man. It's getting his own movie. <coughs> oh, really? That's interesting. Um, it's a. I think it's a Sony movie. I think it's from. Oh, uh, because it's from, from Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to Dampiers. Because of their unusual circumstance of being not only half-breeds but also the spawn of the undead, Dampiers often feel out of place and ostracized, regardless of where they dwell. Grim and sober, Dampiers are often guarded and obsessive, though they also exhibit a great deal of patience and a penchant for dark humor as well. With unique insights into the nature of the undead, many Dampiers become adventurers and or monster hunters. Their reasons are often deeply personal. Some seek danger, imagining monsters as personifications of their own hungers. Others pursue revenge against whatever turned them into a Dampier. Nice. And still others embrace the solitude of the hunt, striving to distance themselves from those who tempt their hunger. I'm definitely going to go get revenge for I get, this dumb bullshit. I definitely get ranger vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, That's a good one, too, because if you're trying, like... A monster hunter, uh, ranger, yeah. Dampier. That's yeah, that's pretty great. good. Good flavor. The degree of outcast feeling a dampier may or may not have varies from individual to individual. It depends to a certain degree on the environment in which the dampier is raised. Like all of us, really. Um, <laughs> we are all much like dampier, but slower and less bloodthirsty. Indeed. Uh, possessing some of the strengths of vampires and none of their traditional weaknesses, dampiers are simultaneously valued and discriminated against by both sides of their heritage. That tracks. It's like the opposite of half-elves, <coughs> right? It's kind of, no, it's kind of just like half-elves. Oh, that's right. I'm, th- I'm it's, missing It's exactly it's like, half-elves. like half-elves, yeah. Uh, a dampier might be born into a mortal society or they might be raised by vampir- vamp. Now I'm fucking it up. It's vampires, not vampires. God damn it. <laughs> Dampires and vampires um, by vampires and treated as special, but lesser members of a vampire clan. So it's like you're accepted, but you're like, we're class A, you're class B. And now we're side by siding the names like this. It's again, it's, rough. it's like it really should be Dampire. <laughs> it really or should, it be. should just be vampire. Like, yeah. okay, we stick with one. I know. We, get on we one need side to of the fence one. here. Indeed. In the former case, how dampires are treated <laughs> depends largely on whether or not the dampier's neighbors know of their true nature. In cases where a dampier's heritage is a secret known only to a few, many dampiers can safely pass as mortal without incident. Uh, when a dampier's true nature is known, however, they are more often than not, and sadly, mistreated. Dang. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast, where we pronounce it Demogorgon and Dampire. Dampire. Yeah, indeed. This is just a fact. Indeed. Dampiers raised among vampires is another matter. Most vampires see their progeny as special creatures above the average mortal, though of less value than a true vampire. Damn. As a result, dampiers are the favorite thralls of true vampires who utilize them as soldiers and assassins, giving them tasks that are considered beneath a true vampire, but allowed opportunity for prestige nonetheless. It's worthy but expendable. Indeed. In some cases, dampiers are even allowed to use the names of vampire clans as their surname, a high honor in vampiric society. Okay. Started to sound like our Wyvern Wyvern episode. I know. 
Some dampiers, yeah, every time I'm like, I almost say dampire. <laughs> Some dampiers view their heritage as a curse, others as a blessing. Uh, the former often turn their hunt, their hunting, t- turn to hunting their undead brethren, becoming dead stalkers who hunt down vampires and other undead, turning vampires' own abilities against them. Those who feel their heritage makes them special, however, are more likely to become what are called blood knights, using their supernatural abilities as a tool to make them deadlier warriors. Okay. Any questions Fuck. about dampiers before you give us all these juicy traits? Oh, I have to read. I can't be Google image searching. Right no, now. no. You got a you got a job to do, Brian. I have a job to do. Okay. Because um, I was gonna look up dead stalkers. I'll do this later. Okay. No, I'm good. <laughs> I I I get the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it when we were talking about blade. So yeah. d- uh, dampire. <laughs> did it. That's a fucking landmine. Dampier traits. You have the following racial traits. Creature type. You are humanoid. Uh, you are medium or small. You choose a size when you gain this lineage. Uh, okay, so your walking speed is 35 feet. You have ancestral legacy. If you replace a race with this lineage, you can keep the following elements of that race. Any skill proficiencies you gain from it and any climbing, flying, or swimming speed you gain from it. Vampire, Aracocra are crazy. I was going to say, Aracocra, yeah. Well, that's basically just dra- what Dracula do anyway, right? Yeah, well, yeah. But now you're, but you're a vampire. I mean, <laughs> yeah. a vampire. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> if you don't keep any of those elements, or you choose this lineage at character creation, you gain proficiency in two skills of your choice. Nice. Ooh, okay. That's cool. It's kind of like Tasha. Neat. Dark vision. You can remind your dungeon master when skip. you go into we a dark skip. cave yeah, that we, you have dark vision. We get we can. endlessly. <laughs> Every time. I was gonna say we just skip it, but yeah, good point. Uh, deathless nature. You don't need to breathe. Cool. But you do Sick. need to eat and drink. You do need to eat and drink blood or what psychic energy or whatever. <laughs> Spider climb, uh, you get weird. <laughs> you get weird quick. <laughs> real, real quick, exorcism style. You have a climbing <laughs> speed equal to your walking speed. In addition, at third level, you can move up, down, side to side, vertical surfaces, <laughs> and upside down along ceilings. Upside down, that's crazy. Yeah, like, man. This is a powerful fucking race. I there was this. a guy that one of my coworkers <coughs> showed me was running on all fours. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a really good job. Oh, and he had—he was doing it in the woods with leather gloves. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's some that's some. I love it. Th- it was more spooky than a vampire. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, because he, it was a it was a vampire. It probably was a vampire, and that's what your vampire can do: running on the ceiling, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's destroying your drywall because he's kicking off it too hard. Indeed, like an anime. Uh, let's see, vampiric bite. You, your fang bite is a natural weapon, which counts as a simple melee weapon, which with you are proficient. You add your constitution modifier instead of your strength modifier to the attack and damage rolls when you attack with this bite. Uh, it deals 1d4 piercing damage on a hit. When you are missing half or more of your hit points, you have advantage on attack rolls you make with this bite. Neato. So, I want to ask, did you notice something about everything you just, like, everything you just read about the, the Dampier? Did you notice anything missing? Anything missing? Um, let's see. Your Fang Bite, natural weapon, simply melee weapon, proficiency, con mod, attack damage rolls. Mm, I mean, I mean from the entire damage. block. From the entire block, not just that oh, one feature. Oh, um, you know... Well, let me finish the block because. Oh, I thought you had. When, when you attack with this bite and hit a creature that isn't a construct or an undead, you can empower yourself in one of the following ways of your choice. You regain hit points equal to the piercing damage dealt by that bite. Uh, you gain a bonus to the next ability check or attack roll you make. The bonus equals the piercing damage dealt by that bite. That's cool. You can empower yourself with this bite a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. 
and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Um, no, at like a glance like this, I did not. Okay. I just kind of read the sheet. So the thing that's missing is there are no ability score uh, increases labeled on the block. Oh, I, I kind of just think that, uh, what do you mean? Like, Well, there's no ability score increases. Like, there's no plus two to strength, plus one to wisdom. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, huh? Okay. So, I did, I did a little research, and basically, when you when you choose this lineage mm-hmm. and swap out your race, um, you get to just choose your plus two and your plus one. Just like the skills here, right? Like uh, two, it says uh, two, chil- two right. skills of your choice Just or like the skills. And essentially, I guess what I want to say was, like, I, I, D&D is sliding in this direction. And I think it's a good thing where, when it comes to, you know, your species of choice, you... We're not we're not going to give you any inherent ability scores. It could be whatever you want based off of like your character's life. Yeah. But like the things that like that stick out about the race that you choose are these features. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That way, like you can have an elf that's good at any class. You can have a dwarf that's good at any class. You don't have to necessarily try and optimize because it comes pre-optimized based off of your backstory. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it doesn't make um, you want to have to like you can min-max anything now. It doesn't make you want to have to. Play an elf ranger or right, an elf exactly. magician or whatever. Yeah, but you equally can still do that. Um, right. So it's going to be the same thing with the hexblood. I just wanted to see if you noticed it because I noticed it and it immediately sent me into a spiral. That's cool. Let's take a short rest. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
We've returned. Indeed we have. We're back. We're more back than we've ever been. Are are we? <laughs> Same amount, really. I was yeah. going to say that last episode because it had been such a long time since we recorded. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been sick. So, yeah, it's been, it's been, we've put off a lot of stuff. Yeah. But, um, so let's talk about our next spooky uh, lineage option. Because technically these aren't races. These are lineages. Yeah. That can, be sw- that can swap out your, your your base race right like you retain that but you are this on top of it i i think that's great that's exactly what it should be yes i agree for for these specifically it makes sense so hexbloods it's time to talk about hexbloods it is time it's a really cool name for really cool concept hexbloods are humanoids who have either fate ancestry in their genetics or have received a blessing or curse from fate or natural entities that have turned them into hexbloods kind of like fate tieflings in a way a little bit that being said, Venerictin's guide really pushes specifically the connection between Hexbloods and Hags. Uh, probably because uh, it's focused on horror, like as a book, it's focused on horror and the do- dread, uh, Domains of Dread, which Hags fit into very nicely. Okay. Um, but also, I think it's because Wizards originally wanted the Hexblood to be like a, a Hagkin humanoid option. Okay. But also, as I kind of just said before the short rest, you know, at least with 5e, it's really started to take a hard stance against being too rigid with their lore. They want you to have the flexibility. They want you to be able to decide whether you want to use something or not. Um, thus, here you have your have your cake and eat it too option. Okay. It's totally a hag blood race, unless you don't like that idea, in which case it's a fey blood slash curse thing, which honestly I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty cohesive. That's easy to translate between yeah, each one. Right. Um, th- I wonder if it has anything to do, like, uh, Van Richten's guide came out not too far after Tasha's, right? It's no, not, close. no, it was pretty close. And yeah. that, uh, Tasha is inherently, like, a hag-related kind of uh, character. It? Well, is she? Yeah, she's, like, raised by hags, I think. What sh- I don't know that much about Igvilv. Whenever I think about Igvilv, because Tasha is yeah, Igvilv, but, like, whenever I think about her, I think about Grost, I think about demons. Yes, because she goes on to do that. Yeah, that's she what learns, I think of. Pretty sure she learns, like, hag magic. That's interesting. So I wonder mm. if she's a hexblood. I don't know enough about her. We will do an episode on her one day. Yeah, that's. Um, I, isn't that on the docket? At some point, it is. It, but it, is it? I thought it was on the docket. You know what I mean? It might be. If it is, I don't remember. But it, oh, it it will be no within the next year. I guarantee we'll, we'll do an Igbo episode. But okay. um, but yeah, that that's interesting. That would also explain like why she's so goddamn powerful in magic. She was she was raised by the best of the best. Plus, with access to weird magic, that's pretty cool. But anyways, hexbloods. Yeah, I'll look it up later. Yeah. Where wishing fails, ancient magic can offer a heart's desire, at least for a time. Hexbloods are individuals infused with eldritch magic, fey energy, or mysterious witchcraft. Some who enter into bargains with hags gain their deepest wishes, but eventually find themselves transformed. These changes evidence a hag's influence. Ears that split in forked points. You should look up what these uh, hexbloods look like, because they look fucking cool. On it. Um, where was I? Uh, forked points, forked points, forked points. Um, skin in lurid shades, long hair that regrows if cut, and an irremovable living crown. Along with these marks, hexbloods manifest hag-like traits such as dark vision and a variety of magical methods to beguile the senses and avoid the same. How accurate. It's like a horrible starfish on its face. Um, I don't know if that's an official one, but click that one. I think that one's official. Well, this is definitely says D&D Beyond on it. Okay. Well, that's out of the book, so... That's, I think, what generally what they're supposed to look like. Um, okay, I see. 
While many Hexbloods gain their lineage after making a deal with a hag, others reveal their nature as they age, particularly if a hag influenced them early in life or even before their birth. Many Hexbloods turn to lives of adventure, seeking to discover the mysteries of their magic, to forge a connection with their fey natures, or to avoid a hag that obsesses over them. Interesting. Mm-hmm. One way... They're cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool. One way hags create more of their kind is through the creation of Hexbloods. Every Hexblood exhibits features suggestive of the hag whose magic inspires their powers. This includes an unusual crown, often called an Elder Cross or a Witch's Turn. Both fucking cool names. I just think, I don't know where if that comes out of real folklore, but they both sound super cool. Um, this living garland-like part of the Hexblood's body extends from their temples and wraps around behind their head, serving as a visible mark of the bargain between Hag and Hexblood, a debt owed or ch- change to come. Okay. So they have... Um, a, a random a random roll chart for your Hexblood origin, like how you became a Hexblood. Um, I'll read this because you're gonna read the, you're gonna read the stat block right after. Right. By the way, Hexbloods are a really new thing, and like this is literally the only source book for them is Van Richten's guy. There's nothing else. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so unless there's some super obscure thing that I couldn't find, uh, at this point I'm pretty good at finding all the obscure things. But you know I'm never perfect. So if if you guys know uh, Hexbloods before five e, uh, hit me in the comments. I want to know about it. Um, so we got six options. Oh, let me do it. <laughs> I just no, said no, I wanted okay, to do go it. Ahead. Okay. So number one, seeking a child, your parent made a bargain with a hag. You are either the result, you are the result of that arrangement. So okay. you were a gift to your parents. Um, number two, fake kidnappers swapped you and your parents' child. So not, you're, you're like a failing. Okay. You're like a, what are those in, in real fey lore? Changelings, that's what they're called. Changelings? Yeah. I like the, the first one. It's like, I don't know. I, I guess I, I do have a spare baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just happen to. Yeah. Um, a coven of hags lost one of its members. You were created to replace the lost hag. Oh, wow. You were cursed as a child. A deal with the spirits of the forest transformed you into hexblood. Now free of the curse. You were you were peeling bark in the woods, and they yeah. got really pissed about pe- it. Yeah. Uh, number five, you began life as a fate creature, but an accident changed you and you were forced and forced you from your home. That's weird. That's kind of an interesting one. It's like you mm. were um, like Bambi or uh, you were a, a dryad, but like something you got cursed into a mortal form. They cut the tree down like below your feet. Ooh, that's interesting. OK. Um, finally, six, a slighted druid transformed you and bound you to live only so long as a what? You to live only so long as a sacred tree bears fruit. Interesting. So your your life is you're guarding that fucking tree, like yeah. a yeah uh, another force, tree. like kind of like the well, kind of like the rose and the beast and beauty and the beast, but in this case, it's life or death instead of just your your permanent transformation. This one seems whack because like how the fuck am, am I? Maybe I'm on a journey to try and break the curse, and like the trees, I just gotta like I'm on the time limit. Yeah, the, the lumberjacks tree. are coming. They're coming. Yeah, they're cutting down the Amazon and nothing's stopping them. The, the winter winds will kill my the roots. Okay, there's that. Too. <laughs> or like yeah, whatever. Sure. All right, you got any questions about Hexamos before you read off this uh, lineage uh, stat block? Winter in the phase in six years from now. <laughs> yeah, but then it lasts six years and the life-bearing yeah. fruit, the life, the, I've got like, the fruit-bearing tree will not live through through an entire winter. I got like eight years max. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, excellent. <coughs> Uh, did you ask me if I have questions? Because I fucking don't. Okay, cool. Okay. Tell uh, me about it. Hexblood traits. You have the following racial traits. You get a... You are fey. Uh, you are medium or small. You choose. Uh, your walking speed's 30. And then you have the ancestral legacy. If you replace a race with this lineage, 
You can keep the following elements of that race. Any skill proficiencies you gain from it and any climbing, flying, or swimming speed, just like the Dampier. And I imagine that's the ability scores as well. Yes? Yes, exactly. If you don't keep any of those elements or you choose lineage, you choose two. Same with the ability scores. You get a plus two and plus one or two plus one. You get a plus two and a plus one. Nice. Okay. Uh, dark vision. You can see in dim light within 60 feet of you. You get dark vision. Yeah. Skip. <laughs> Eerie token. As a bonus action, you can harmlessly remove a lock of your hair. One of your nails, oh god, and uh, one, or one of your teeth, oh god, again. This token is imbued with magic until you finish a long rest. While the token is imbued in this way, you can take these actions. So, so. real quick, this is that's a hag feature. I'm sorry, like I, it's hard to spin that as a different fae to yeah, me. Yeah, totally. Like it doesn't that doesn't speak well, Elven or Eladrin or um, you know Winter Fae. It doesn't Lady of Era Darkness, Titania. It doesn't speak to any of that stuff to me. Um, Maybe it's a more underlying, like, like it's a hag thing, but it, before that, it's a fey thing. I mean, hags are fey, so there is that. It's just, uh, again, like, I, this is this is a hag. I see what you're this saying. Is, this is a hag. This is, yeah, you're, you're a half hag. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> As an eerie token, I just read that. You get a telepathic massage. Just kidding, it's message. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as an action, you can send a telepathic message to the creature holding or carrying the token, as long as you are within 10 miles of it. This message cannot contain or can contain up to 25 words. Choose carefully. Remote viewing. If you are within 10 miles of the token, you can enter a trance as an action. The trance lasts for one minute, but it ends early if you dismiss it. No action required or are incapacitated. During this trance, you can see and hear from the other token as if it were located where it is. As if you were located where it is. While you are using your senses at the token's location, you are blinded and deafened in regard to your own surroundings. When the trance ends, the token is harmlessly destroyed. That's like your AirPods. You can like leave your AirPod in a room and then your iPhone can like play what's happening. Or the other AirPod, I think. It's, it's like That's just a wireless headphone trick. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah, you just leave that shit in the room, like on. So it's like uh, it's like a surveillance device? It can be used that Weird. way, yeah. Okay, cool. Sure, wasn't intended to do. Mm -hmm. Maybe. So and next is hex, hex magic. Hex magic. You can cast the disguise self and hex spells with this trait. Nice. Both Once, cool spells. <clears throat> I think both cool spells they just naturally get. I love both spells. Once you cast either of these spells with this trait, can't cast it again until you have a long rest. Uh, you can also cast these spells using any spell slot you have. Nice. I love that. That's the extra on there. Nice. Intelligence, wisdom, and charisma are your spellcasting ability for these spells. Choose the ability when you gain this lineage. So you just pick one of these. It's cool. It's kind of like a custom-built thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, we're leaning more into like, we want you to be able to do what you want with these features. We're trying to give you the flavor and the scaffolding to build your characters around. Right. So, um, And I think it's a good philosophy. Specialize I think, how you want. Yeah. I think it's the I think it's the philosophy D&D needs to take. Because I think if there's any like constant um, criticism against the systems of D&D, it is how like a lot of, a lot of people who like other systems will say like well I can actually build whatever I want within the rule set and like I don't feel as like contained and blah 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 which I've never had that problem with D and D you know maybe it's just the, the way I think about it is a little bit different or I'm, maybe I'm just more willing to homebrew or or hand wave yeah like other people might be a little more rigid with well no I want to follow the rules I think a lot of people have a really hard time with homebrew because of, because of that yeah yeah I, I think you're right it that which is odd to me but I I guess I understand. But um, but this kind of philosophy change is kind of taking that that one criticism and 
and making it in a way a little bit more like I don't know, Dungeon World or one of those. Yeah. You know? And I think I think that's where tabletop gaming does kind of want to go because it is more accessible. It's easier to grasp and kind of like, lay out the framework of, time, of freedom in front of you. Right. And a lot of times, whenever I bring someone new to to D anD D, a lot of times they do want to build something that I, it's actually really hard for me to put together. You know what I mean? And now it's getting easier and easier, and I think mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yeah, they have a unique perspective on what a character in a game is supposed to be. So right, they, exactly. They don't know the classics. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They're not. They're not married to those tropes. Yeah, um, I think when I first started, I didn't really have like the preconception. I, yeah, of anything. Yeah. And so you were like, you have to pick from these, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'll just like, there it is. Right. Oh, I can do something cool with like one of these options, and that yeah. that gave me so much freedom, and I wanted to play the game the way it was meant to be, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. first time around. Yeah. Now Which I just kind of goes. I just kind of do whatever I want now. Exactly. Welcome, yeah. welcome to the club, man. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's get ready for a long rest. Okay. Hey, everybody, welcome to the long rest. We get long. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, here. Okay. I'm here I'm just, with you. I'm just yeah. checking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about Patreon. Okay. Go there. <laughs> patreoncom dungeoncast. It's if you want to support us, yes, go to patreon.com. It's the best way to support the show directly. You can listen um, to horror stuff. Also, yeah, we campaign. have a lot of cool stuff there, including including our evil horror campaign. Um, it was like five games. It was like eight <laughs> hours. <coughs> and it's it's a full complete story, and it's with a bunch of hilarious characters. Um, and there's other stuff there. There's early episodes. There's uh, original music from Super Quest Saga. There's other series. What there's Ranger Danger. There's Vault Raiders. These are all different, like full D and D series with unique characters and storylines. And again, most importantly, oh, you can also get merch. But most importantly, it does support us. It does help us keep this thing going. Uh, and it's been going a long time, and that is so much in part to our wonderful patrons. So thank you to everyone. Uh, p- patron shoutouts are coming this episode. Stay tuned, indeed. For patron shoutouts. Um, another way you can support us and also benefit yourself is check out our spring.com uh, store, the our merch store. We got shirts, we got hats, we got masks, we got stickers, we got all kinds of things there, all with different cool Dungeon Cast and Super Quest Saga designs. If you want to rep the show and help, also help support us, go there, check it out, buy a shirt. Yeah, because telling people about the show, like like bringing in new listeners, that's critical as well. Yes. So, um, like all our all our outreach is designed, like contest outreach and stuff, is designed to like help boost and bolster that. Um, thank you guys, and leaving an iTunes review is super duper important. Yeah, I want to um, see more iTunes reviews. Can you if guys? You, pl- can you guys please? Yeah. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, leave stop a what review. you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Leave Except, a review. I think you can continue the audio. Like, I must ask. Only four star or above, please. <laughs> If you want to give us a two-star review, um, I think it's I think it's implied. Like, please go, please go, give us, please just why dick around? Like, please just go drop us a five-star. If we're only a two-star podcast, I mean, I I guess. What are you doing here? That makes yeah, you know, you don't you don't have to listen. I'm sorry, you got to go, but you know, you don't have to listen. You don't have to leave an answer anyway. Like, that's great. Thanks for giving us a try. Yeah. That being said, please leave the review. It helps us tremendously. It sure does. Um, we got a beholder to build. Let's build a beholder. Build a beholder. So we are on quick recap feature Ray and Ray two. Of this unnamed beholder, we got the goggle feature, so it's got a goggle eye. Yeah. And what did you say the ray was? Uh, the ray was the, the fey blessings. Fey blessings. Fey blessings. So fey this gifts. thing is shooting. It's shooting nice, nice scents. It's making flowers grow. It's starting off real sweet, but guess mist? what? Mist? Just some mist. Yeah, just some mist. Just like, some nice mist. Mostly mist from Misty like, Hand. We all like fog. Fog's nice yeah. unless you're driving. Um, so you're sailing. At first, I thought this creature was going to, you know, this might be the one sweet beholder we build this year. Um, and then I realized it was October. So let's get into it. Yeah, uh, we should. So, so what do you want to start with? 
this beholder has a tentacle that has little vampire teeth on it, or vampire teeth on it. So this is going to be the ray. The end yeah. of one of its eye stalks. And it just has a vampire mouth. It kind of is the op. It shoots a bunch of blood like in a horror movie. It's so a blood ray. There's blood everywhere. What's me- mechanically, what does this do? It gets blood all over the place. Okay, but does it like blind the enemy? Maybe it causes fear? It sends it's, vampires people, into a blood. Some people are going to pass out instantly. Oh, sure. That's true. A very select <laughs> 5% of people will instantly faint. That's yeah, true. That's really good. He just does it. He just does it as a, well, maybe one of these guys. And just like, yeah, oh, I got one. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, yeah. There's a there's a percentile dice. Uh, everyone has to roll a percentile dice. Anyone who rolls a five or lower faints. Yeah, for one round. Sure. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and then for the and they f- have to. I. And they yes, faint. of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a I have a, a EMT story about when a dude fainted when I took just a little little bit of blood and he oh he went down like oh, that I felt bad he warned guy. me he warned me ahead of time so I knew it was coming but anyways I'm pass out my back guy. <laughs> back to our beholder please take um, my blood for for the physical feature we're gonna give our beholder some hex blood ears so like the double forked pointed colored ears just throw them on there yeah we'll go let's go with the green we haven't done green for a beholder yet so right now this beholder's green we'll see uh, how about it... yellow oh, that's nasty I want green we haven't done green's my favorite color. We've no, done blue. There are no green minions. No, fuck the minion <laughs> thing. We're not doing minions. It's green. It's green. It's officially green. Okay. We're moving on. Uh, Patreon shoutouts. Let's shout out some Patreons. Some patrons? Patreons. Pat- some Patreons. That's the where the verbiage is going. A lot of people just call them. I'm, so, I am your Patreon. That's so stupid. Yeah, it's, thank uh, you. Thank you, Patreons. We love you anyway. You I don't like that you're called that Patreons. You should be called Patrons, but anyways. They're called Patrons. It's just like people have... How many Patreons do you have? Well, I have one. One page. <laughs> you can go do it and support us. Support well, me. Sorry. Thank you, C-Finn. Thank you, C-Finn. These are Patreon shoutouts now. Yes. C-Finn, what up, dog? <laughs> Thanks, C-Finn. Samuel Spencer. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you, Samuel Spencer. David Emmons. Thank you, David. Is it Emons? It could be. I love David the double M, David. M. Emmons. Emmons. David Emmons. And Emons. Like Emma? Like Emmons. Thank you, David. Eminems. Thank you, David. Fox 90. Thank you, Fox 90. Fox 90. You fucking rule, dog. Thanks, Fox 90. Our Fox. Thank you, Fox 90. <laughs> hey. Hey, Fox 90. You out there, dog? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Moonbird. Thank you, Moonbird. Cool name, Moonbird. What do you think of Moonbird? What do you think that's like? Um, I, th- I think, think it flies Moonbird? so fucking good because there's yes, no gravity. I picture like a gravity? white... A white like dove that flies only by night, and and mates only during the full moon. Yeah, only. Thank when you, Moonbird. When is the moon full? When you're on the moon. Oh, you think it's a bird on the moon? Yeah, it's actually a moon bird. I was thinking it was a bird on the moon. Oh, I didn't even go that. I was just thinking a bird in the moonlight. But Does so the it's full an alien. moon still work so, the same way if you're on the moon. Uh, it's a moon and night. It's a moon and night. night. Okay. Uh, thank you, Brad Tracy. Thank you, Brad. Brad Tracy. Thank you, <coughs> Brad Tracy. Oh damn! Here it is again. The last mile. The last mile. Moving up the. F- God damn! The last mile. What are you mile. doing? I what love you. Doing? The last mile. Thank, thank you. you so much. Supporting the show, like for real. Thank, thank you. you for the last supporting mile. Supporting the show so much. Indeed. The last mile. We appreciate you. Last mile. 
He keeps doing. They keep doing this. And they're doing it on purpose. They want the they shout out every time. And guess what? They're gonna get you're it. You're gonna get that shit. We're gonna get. <laughs> Thank it. you, Last Mile. You can give us fifty fucking cents. You're just up fifty. I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you Does can. Patreon do that let you do that. You I can give know. us the minimum on Patreon. We'll fucking say your name. Thank you, Last Mile. Thank you. Um, is there anything else we want to add before we call it a game? Um, we're we're running the coffee contest. Did we announced that this we announced that last a, episode. There's a coffee contest. Yeah. There's a strict saving contest coming up sometime in the future. Yeah, that'll be that'll be later. Right now, it's all about coffee. We should have said it at Spooky the beginning coffee. if we didn't. We did. We, we did, did say it at the beginning. Okay. Spooky Coffee, yet again. Share the show. Go to Instagram. Follow the rules of the post. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.